You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 82. As Season 3 approaches... We got some more preseason games under our belt, and you know I'm ready to rock with the regular season coming up. But uh, first, Andy, how are you and your little breakfast croissant doing? It's doing good. Shout out to my local bakery here in uh, Bushwick. Very, very, very good. Um, I think they're just called like uh, Bushwick Bakery. Pretty original, but man, they make uh, excellent chocolate croissant. So I'm enjoying that. With I had a bit of a late start. Uh, at least personally this morning I had to take care of some things around the house so I didn't get time to eat so I'm trying to shove food in my face while we record this which is very unprofessional so I apologize but um but yeah so if I sound a little weird it's because I have food packed into my cheeks like a chipmunk while I'm talking hockey but um yeah no I mean it was it's been nice to keep watching uh Rangers preseason hockey and ride the roller coaster with everyone else and kind of like the ebbs and flows of overreacting and trying to calm yourself down and but and getting hype but then trying to like pump the brake so but no it's uh doing good it's like i said we're getting inching ever so close to the start of the regular season i think we have one more week of pre of camp left and preseason hockey and then uh, we get to the real thing so exciting time for sure yeah and you know i, I don't i don't want to say the the preseason is fully meaningless but there is one thing that's meaningless that kind of escaped me and i'm surprised it escaped me the last couple podcasts, because I did think to talk about it and get your opinion. And this is probably the most meaningless thing we'll talk about on this podcast. Um, but I really wanted to get your opinion on it. But Benjamin Moore now sponsors the New York Rangers on the helmets. Where where did this come? What happened to Chase? And what, where did Benjamin Moore come from? I, like, I feel like they've never been a part of the NHL. Uh, but here we are. Yeah, I I don't know. For whatever reason, they thought this would be a good thing for them. And money talks. And listen, Chase has sponsorship ads. You know, they have they'll they'll have ads on. They I think Chase has ads on the ice. You know, so I just think for whatever reason they maybe got outbid. They had Chase last year on their on their buckets. Um, and oh yeah, I guess they were like, well, screw it. We already have we already have like the Chase Bridge, and we have our add on the ice so if they get it they got outbid by benjamin moore just for the helmets they said all right that's fine 
And, and who knows? Maybe the Rangers want to make it a point to change it up every season just to, uh, I don't know, to try drive interest. So, you know, I guess potential suitors will think they're not barking up the wrong tree. But uh, I will say I don't like it as much as the chase. I thought the chase looked much cleaner. And because chase is already kind of affiliated with the Rangers for a while now that it just kind of felt like, OK, where it's like this is just kind of I mean, it sticks out at first when you see it. But then when you watch the game, you don't notice it. So it doesn't matter. You know, I mean. Again, I know everyone's afraid of the slippery slope now that we got Jersey ads coming, I think, what, potentially next season? Yeah. that start? So, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it is what it is. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. I, I do wonder, uh, was it on their away helmets too, though? Because uh, they have helmet I, away. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just remember it being on a blue helmet. So, I, 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 I could, honestly, I couldn't tell you. The one... The one thing I, I did see though is Benjamin Moore put out like a it series. It is on both. Yeah. Could you imagine like in a way sponsorship and a home sponsorship? That'd be pretty wild. Uh, yeah, some teams will do that, I'm sure. But and well, you can blame the losing record on the road due to your sponsor. They're bad luck. The one thing I will have to say is that the the helmets that Benjamin Moore came out with, and it was like. I don't know. They did like paint splatter and stuff like that. That was actually pretty cool, pretty unique, pretty cool. And I think they auctioned them off. So, I mean, that, that was a pretty good idea. And you know, that, I don't know, I, for what it's worth, I thought that was actually pretty cool. You know, Chase never did anything like that. So right now I'm, I'm pro Benjamin Moore. I've kind of always leaned to them in paint products and yeah. paint colors. So uh, I'm all there. Benjamin Fuck Moore. You. Yeah, yeah. You know, bear it's, you know, you think of the animal and it's not spelt like the animal. It's just a lot of confusion there for, for people. Yeah. I let Benjamin Moore. Simple. I'm glad we go. got them. Um, so not to yeah, segue, anything more. But, yeah. Anything else on Benjamin Moore? Well, I was going to say, I mean, you brought up a point about, you know, because they obviously it was a side thing. They just as a promotional uh, tactic or whatever you want to call it, they they had an artist render three different helmets for, I think it was uh, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. And which is cool. But I mean, I always kind of think with what is the next frontier with hockey, like goalies get to kind of customize their helmets and their pads and stuff. It would be pretty cool if they let the players do the same or, you know, obviously you have to have some uniformity. To, so you know everyone just doesn't look like a different like you know, I don't know like a different billboard or whatever but it would be pretty cool if the players could like put stickers on their helmet or I don't yeah, know that'll be or, tough though especially now that there's sponsorships on them well yeah well now like you said now you won't and uh, yeah obviously I think I assume the goalies are exempt from the the helmet thing because they're just got their own paint that's their way to express themselves but um yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I'm always I'm all about the players like getting to have their own individual style. Like I actually liked when Ovechkin had the tinted visor and he still has the yellow laces and, the, you know, I just I think it's cool when players like their individuality comes out. So I'm I'm pro anything that um, that, yeah, let's allows them to do that. So that's why I'm a big Jersey Tuck guy. Like, you know, not for me personally, but I'm just saying like I like when players are like some guys you know it's him it's like oh he's always got he always tucks in the right side or he always tucks in the does the full tuck like Gretzky tuck and he don't worry always does this you know like uh so yeah like I said uh all about individuality and uh it would be cool maybe if players got some 
could in the maybe in the in the distant future there's a comes a day where they're able to have a bit more uniqueness to their own kit or whatever you know but i would hope to see it on skates you know you've seen kind of custom skates come out through bauer yeah. and ccm uh with the the that is the, that is the one spot the right now where yeah and i mean but even players in the in during the regular season get stuff on their skates so they do that it's just you know, you don't really see it because it's so small, and that's why they allow them to do it because it's like they're not put ads on it. You're not looking at their feet um, so much. So yeah, Ovechkin gets stuff airbrushed all the time. You know, when players go to the Olympics, they usually get their flags, you know, uh, airbrushed on them and painted on or or special, you know, uh, made for them by CCM and Bauer and True and whoever's making their skates. So. But yeah, like I just I want more of that is what is I guess what I'm trying to say. So or I would like to see more of that. But again, you bring up a very good point now that there that is real estate for uh, revenue. <laughs> Probably won't see that. But oh, well, that's what it is. Yep. And uh, yeah. So. All right. That's pretty much all I got. Um, I was kind of, I, I don't know why it pleases me that Benjamin Moore got it. I just feel like we escaped like a possible a possibility of a company I hated personally. And I like Benjamin Moore. I know grievances with them i use their paint and uh yeah so there we go the meaningless segment of the podcast is out of the way andy and then we can get to uh let's get to the games we had uh back-to-back games friday and saturday night i thought uh, listen you couldn't take much out of the devil's game again it was one of those games where you just felt like I felt personally that the Devils really played a brand of hockey that you're probably going to see all season where they just, you know, constantly throw pucks on net, take advantage of odd man rushes and, you know, try to get for rebounds and and just be in good positioning to allow themselves to get a second and third opportunity to score. And, and I think that's going to be, you know, the narrative of New Jersey Devils hockey is kind of, listen, we don't, we might not have the, the punch that other teams have, but if we work hard and do the little things correctly and are in the right spots and do the right things and get shots on goal. Good things would happen. And I thought you saw them play against the New York Rangers roster. That wasn't exactly ideal, but you know, they were able to put pucks in the net. I don't know. What, what did you think of the New Jersey devils game? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I think, like you said, I've been trying to think it's like, well, why is, why is the wheels been falling off for the Rangers? You know, they're, you know, they have a bad performance and they have good performance and they have bad performance and they have a pretty good performance. And it's all relative because, listen, I mean, that lineup that got their lineup got thrashed pretty much by one of the better lineups that the Devils could ice. And then last night, uh, what the Bruins had close to almost their full lineup and yet the Rangers eked one out in OT. So that just goes to show you, listen, at the end of that, you have to step off the ledge. It's just a preseason. Different teams are on different pages. Uh, I mean, just basing on the Rangers' performance, it does seem like, yeah, it, it seems like they're not, they definitely seem a little bit more disjointed than some of the other teams they've played. But I almost think that it seems, it's kind of seems like it's by design a little bit because they keep, they keep mentioning in interviews, they haven't gone over system stuff yet. And that Gallant plays a really uh, basic system. So a part of me thinks there he's just throwing them out there because he just wants to see what they bring individually, you know, and he's like not he doesn't really seem phased or bothered by like, you know, he wants effort, but he's like, oh, you know, whatever. It's the preseason. Who cares? And then he's like, why? Oh, why is Panera not playing? He's like, he doesn't have to play in these games. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and I kind of like that. It's refreshing because, you know, again, we spoke about this last podcast, but you have 
coaches are usually like, you know, now's the time. Listen, I don't care who you are, how long you've been in this league, you got to show you want to, you know, which I get. But it does seem like this Rangers team as a whole has their eyes set on something that's far away, right? Which is a bit further, which is uh, making the postseason. So, and yes, I know it's these teams want to feel good about themselves and have good preseason, hit the ground running and all this other stuff. But it just, it seems to me that they're like, whatever, like we're getting through this and then we're going to hit the ground running. Like then, then we're, we're all on the same page, you know? So we'll see that because they keep harping on. He's, he keep, Gallant keeps saying, uh, and I, also I might start calling Gallant Turk now because it's just easier. It makes, you know, easier to say. And um, so Tur- Turk uh, keeps saying, he's like, those last two games, we should see the lineup we want and as we expect it. So who knows? I guess those two games, you might want to look into their performance and see how they perform together. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, individual players it seems that some players that struggled early on have really found their footing i think nils lungfist has settled in nicely he had a really nice night last night um and yeah i mean other guys like sammy blay had had another good game i thought um you know although you still with him you can still see he there's good and bad bits to his game and yeah i mean it's the New Jersey performance, not much to write home against. They look disjointed. They look like a team that really hasn't gone over systems and like what having much of a game plan. But again, it kind of feels like that's uh, maybe a bit by design where they're not even worrying about that. They're saying we're going to talk about that maybe in the final week. And it's a very basic system anyway. But I think he just wants to see what he might have. Gallant might want to see what he has in these players. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If you look at the roster, I mean, how many new faces do the Rangers have on, on, you know, on this team? There's a lot of young kids that are trying to, you know, sort out, you know, what they are at this level. And I think the coaching staff, along with management, kind of wants to see what they do have out of these players. What kind of individual creativity are they going to bring? How much confidence are they going to have in their game to make plays at this level? And I think you're, well, I think, you know, Coach Gallant is 100% right saying, listen, Panarin's not going to get much out of these games other than just getting reps in and a feel for the game again. But he's a professional. He doesn't need to be playing in this. And I think there's a lot to be had, a lot to be said about players like Panarin, Fox, you know, Zibanejad. And, you know, as much as it kills me, and I do really want to talk about him, Chris Kreider, like these guys are professional, Strom. I mean, there's so many guys on the Rangers right now that you could say, you know, this is really just kind of a, a gear up into into the season. And with the Rangers schedule, the preseason schedule, like like it is, I really do think that this week you can probably see a little bit more of uh, Gallant teaching systems. And especially for the kids that he's kind of probably has made his decision in his head about uh, whether or not they're going to stick around and play with the big big boys. So. I don't know. Again, the effort, it is what it is, but I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't think you can look too much into it. I, I think you can look into it as we go into the Boston game, like players like Robertson, where he kind of got, you know, exposed by Marshawn on that one goal. It's just like those kids are like one step behind. So it's like, it's good to see them play at this level and go against some of the best players in the NHL. But you also realize like they got a lot of learning to do. You know, there's there's especially for defensemen with gap control and physicality and, you know, angling and, and I don't know how much you could, you know, go after these players in the corner without getting totally exposed. Like, you know, it's it just there's a whole 
lot that goes into, you know, development. And I really do think that he used this time to see what he had of with the new new faces and you know and it might have exposed some of the weaknesses that we have individually with some of the younger kids but that's all ultimately a good thing i don't think anyone should be discouraged over this preseason over the preseason game so far and you know i'm very confident going into the regular season because i think when we get everyone on board and we have the full lineup you know i really do think we're going to be able to do some good things out in the ice i really love our physicality andy uh I like what I've seen so far from, you know, the, the laugh and Kako and, you know, it's just, I have a good feeling and usually I don't have that. So um, what'd you think of the Boston game? Cause I thought there were a lot of, you know, solid things to take away from there. Yeah. I mean, again, much better performance seemingly from this group, but it's another reason why you have to take it with a grain of salt. They literally only had, they had one, they had, uh, maybe one, you know, I mean, they had Stroman, Lafreniere, and Kako as their three best players on the ice, right? But uh, two of those guys are, are in their second and third year in the league, and you have Strom, who is a lot of things, but a number one center he's not. But obviously playing with Panarin, he can put up good numbers. Uh, and yeah, and then a bunch of kids, and they're fourth line, you know, or, or a bunch of p- players vying to be fourth and potentially third line players. So, and they won. So what against you know, the perfection line and Hall and uh, McAvoy. So what does that say about the preseason? So, but you have to, so you just look at individual performances and I agree with a lot of what you said. I thought Kako continues to look really good. Lafreniere, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he's a guy who I think will, his, and much like down the stretch last year where he started moving his feet more and getting more involved, he got better and better. But he has so much natural skill that he's a guy who's going to score a lot of goals just by being in the right place at the right time because he has so much skill off of turnovers. I mean, that OT winner was laughable. They pretty much get dominated for the first minute, 30 seconds of overtime. And then uh, Olmark tries to clear a laugh, knocks it down with ease and then just quickly backhands it to the net and just like, okay, that was easy. We win, you know, so. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll be fine. I think if, if you look on Ranger social media, it's all doom and gloom. It's like, why are they getting blown out in these games? And why do they look so disjointed? And it's like, oh man, like, do you not look at the roster? Georgiev, Georgiev sucks, and all this other stuff. I'm like, it's the preseason. It's like some of these guys are. It's a tune-up. You know, some of them treated as pond hockey. <laughs> you know, some of them for timing. You know, they're not. It's like if a guy gets by, I saw a true a guy get behind Troop on a breakaway, and he wasn't. He's like, I'm not digging to. I'm not gonna slide into the boards and trip yeah. to like chase this guy down. Like, screw it. Like, you know, it's just it's preseason. It's it is what it is. It's just to kind of get back into the flow. And obviously, it's an audition for some of the younger guys. But even Gallant said he's like, there's not many. It's not really, you know, not many spots here. There might be, but we pretty much know where people have. We're just is just assessment. So I think a lot of the, maybe some of the younger guys are like, well, why am I gonna, you know, and. But I prefer that over lying to them. They'll be like, look, you're going to Hartford, and that's where you're gonna be. I mean. The sad thing is a guy like Zach Jones um, might, you know, he's played very well, but Nils has settled in and he's kind of been penciled in that spot already. So it's most likely Jones and Schneider uh, Schneider are going to be the top line or the top pairing in Hartford, even though they've both kind of had it pretty good. I thought Schneider didn't look out of place too bad, if if anything. You know, he, he looked fine. He looked pretty good. Skates well. I think he's, you can see now why he's better than Robertson. I think he just is a bit uh, smarter with the puck and 
is a bit better of a defender one-on-one so that and a bit better of a skater and that really helps him so um but yeah him and jones like and jones was was probably been our the potentially the rangers best player during pre- this entire preseason right but you know it he's gonna have to go to hartford but that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world go to the ahl be a top pairing log big minutes you and schneider every and refine your craft and get better and better get stronger and stronger and work on the things you have to work on schneider will work on maybe stretching things out a bit more offensively and jones will work on eliminating cycles and threats in his own end because he's a smaller guy and then when their when their number ticket gets called to come back up to the big club, whenever that is, whether it's this season or beyond, they will be beyond ready, and that's not a bad thing, you know. Or if someone gets hurt, like you know. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's the preseason, and it's uh, it it's basically just to kind of it's a temperature check on everyone, you know. Try to get your timing back. Try to see where players have progressed. Uh, I think it's it's a promising thing. We can see that Nils can clearly contribute offensively at this level. You know, he still has stuff he needs to work on and like, but you hope that Nemeth will help him with that as the, that pair gets more comfortable and they kind of figure out how to defer to each other and yeah, take it from there. Yeah. And I think this preseason is for those type of players. All right. They were for the fringe players. It wasn't for, you know, Strom, Panarin and, you know, X player or Kako, whoever they throw on that line. It's really not for them to get going. It's for coaching staff and management to see what they have in a lot of their assets. The management knows what they're going to get out of Panarin and Strom. They kind of see, you know, and encourage the the work and 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 uh, you know the improvement that Kako has had. Like, I mean, I th- I think Kako looks excellent so far this preseason. I, I don't get like where the negativity really comes from. There's not one player that you could say is like, well, he was supposed to be this, and all I see is this. I don't, I don't see that with any player. The only person that I'm kind of disappointed with a little bit, but I can't really hold anything to it because listen, he is a professional. Is Chris Kreider? I just thought with the hype and the captaincy that you might see a little bit more energy and physicality from him. But you know, he hasn't really played that much. Uh, he didn't play uh, last night against the uh, Bruins, and you know, they had one flat game really. And that's that's it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's really a lot to be told with those, you know, top players. And I thought Vince had a really good tweet and it was kind of funny and a jab at um, kind of New York Rangers Twitter is, you know, now that like Howden's gone, now that, you know, um, Jack Johnson's gone, now that Quinn is gone, who who's the scapegoat this year? Who's everyone going to blame when we don't win 82 games this season? And he said like Fox. I don't think it's going to be Fox. I, I really do think that you're going to see um, a lot of people jump on the Truba. This is all Truba's yeah. fault. And I honestly, and I, man, this is tough for me to say, I but I you're think you're, I think you're going to start to see uh, New York Rangers Twitter turn on Mika Zibanejad. Oh, that's not who I was going to say. Yeah, I, th- I think it's happening, Andy. I think yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, if Mika doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously with the due to having COVID, he had that rough start, but then he picked it up and he, listen, he scored a nice uh, blast in the power play the other night. So hopefully his scoring touch is still there because uh, he just has to put the puck in the net and Ranger fans will find him. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, fans start souring on Keandre a little bit because I love Keandre, but I still question sometimes his decision making, especially 
uh, defending zone entries one on one. He still gets turnstiled a little bit, and Truba's not the guy you want to have to bail you out. I see those two end up uh, snow angeling a lot, you know, diving out for pucks because they're in bad positioning. So, um, but, but the problem yeah. with those two, well, not the problem. The good thing about those two is that they're both physical specimens. Like they're both very strong players. Yeah, and over the course of the season. Like, the nights where it's, like, a grind, like, a West Coast trip and having to play, like, I don't know, the Winnipeg Jets in the middle of January or something, I really do think that those players feed off those games where it's going to take a little bit more of a physical effort to, you know, put forth a good game. Like, you might not have it mentally and you might not feel sharp, but if you can throw a hit, give a hit, and kind of feel good about yourself, I think players like Truba and, and Keandre... I really do think they're going to, you know, feast off those type of games where things get physical, things get a little rough, especially now that they got guys on the front end that are going to stand up for them if things get, you know, too out of control, you know. Well, and that's the thing, because to your point, um, it's one thing because the last few years, the Rangers had one or two guys who would do that type of play. But if it's just isolated incidents, it doesn't really wear a team down, doesn't really make them think twice about how they're entering the zone or anything but when you're getting hammered on all sides because now true Lindegren's throwing hits Truba's throwing hits Keandre hopefully is like oh I'm gonna throw some hits too you have Blay Reeves and Rooney are coming in hard Goudreau is coming in hard on you and that inspires maybe one or two of the the smaller guys or the more skilled guys like Lafreniere to be like oh I want to get in on this too then all of a sudden you're getting in on all sides that's that's the type of play that has teams all of a sudden thinking about like, well, we have to, I can't just dump with full speed or I can't just try to come over the line. And that's, that's when that stuff starts uh, dogpiling getting effective, but you know, yeah, it has to be a collective, collective mentality, you know? So to your point, so yeah, maybe that does help these guys ease the stress, these guys. And then it makes the puck uh yeah, a little less, it's a little less like just dropping back and letting uh, teams walk into their zone while, you know, at their own, at their own pace and leisure, you know. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook is not yet available in your states, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Well, the one question I also too, I have for you also is, given the amount of young kids that we kind of have, within our system and stuff like that. Do you think that there will be, and this is a full season. They didn't have the full season last year. There wasn't as much traveling last year uh, due to the COVID schedule and you only playing your division. Do you think that there'll be more call-ups this year just to maybe give a guy a break and 
kind of, you know, the mental grind of some of these younger players on this team? Like, do you see Jones getting a call up and, you know, maybe Nils needs... I mean, someone's going to get hurt. Off at some, yeah, someone's going to get hurt at some point. If if a young... If one of... If one of Nemeth or uh, Nils struggles, then yeah, absolutely. I could see, especially if one of Schneider or uh, Jones or both are killing it in the in the A, you know? So that'll definitely happen. And obviously, listen, I don't think Ryan Reeves is going to play the full 82 games. Uh, right. So... I'm sure we'll see Morgan Barron, uh, you know, uh, or hell, even Gautier, if he can continue to use his physical tools. Um, and well, I, I actually like his effort during the preseason. Just unfortunately for him, he still is uh, defensively. It's still a little bit of a, a struggle for him. And also he hasn't been able to really convert or make much because, you know, he's got great raw skills. Just putting the package together has always been his problem. So, but, but Galan had a good words about him. You know, yeah, because he, he praised yeah. them. Yeah, because again, I think these were more about effort and seeing who's trying. And yeah, I, you know, and you would hope the fact that he's, you know, he's a big kid and he's can you when he is playing a direct style, he can clearly bring something that pops in the screen. And yeah, you know, and he likes them. And you know, they're both. Uh, they're both French Canadian. I hopefully like he's vying for him to, to, yeah, to make, yeah, you know, I think he, I, you would hope that cause clearly he's got something because there's some, a lot of players in this league with Gauthier's level of skill that are just, unfortunately they, they make them extra forwards or whatever, you know, but because he has such a, his physical uh, package is so tantalizing and that he can use it to do things that other players can't do, like driving the net and protecting the puck and winning battles when he's, you know, when he's fully engaged and dialed in. Yeah. There's, he clearly brings something that uh, any team could use or want, but he just has not yet figured out how to play on the off the puck and be to really maximize just creating chances because he, he'll do a lot of good things, but then the play will die in the stick because he'll like do a bad reverse if it goes nowhere or he'll panic and just kind of throw it across the ice, trying to get it towards the crease. And it just kind of hits the opposite wall. And then the, the D man on the other team collects and just makes an outlet pass. Cause you just helped them break out the puck. Cause you just whipped a puck for no reason, you know? So, but I hope, listen, I, I, I love what he can potentially provide. It just he has to now is the time for him to try to put this together because he's getting he's 20, I think it's 23. 23 now. Now, yeah. yeah. And all like you can only say, oh, he's only 22 forever. He's only 20, whatever. You know, once you're 23, 24, that's you're pretty you are what you are. So he, he, this is now's the time, you know, and it's tough, too, because you never know, like, does he just need a, you know, a regular fourth line position in the NHL to kind of get going? He's only played. Hold on. 47 games in the NHL so he's still young again he most of his majority of his games came last year with uh during a COVID season so I don't know it's kind of like one of those things where it's it's like is he ready right now to be a regular NHL player no but does he need to be a regular NHL player to become a regular NHL player you don't really know and you know with this lineup that the Rangers have and kind of the win now mentality Unfortunately, that could work against them because, you know, I don't think Gallant is going to be running experiments here. The only good thing is, though, you, you did say guys like Reeves are not going to be playing every single night. I would imagine, you know, a McKeg uh, would get opportunities to play given his NHL experience. And just I, I, I would imagine he's a little bit more of a, a leader and just a, a guy who's been there, done that and would probably get a little bit more ice time. So 
I, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts to that fourth line. And if he just kind of, you know, realizes that he's not being punished, he's just kind of, you know, on, on being the young guy with the least amount of NHL experience with that fourth line, that that's why he's on the outside looking in. Um, I think if he just embraces a role where he can be physical and fill in the gaps and, and kind of be that guy that maybe will play, I don't know, maybe 30 games this year, just embrace it, embrace that role and just try to get better and, and learn in practice. And, and who knows, you know, maybe it's not with the New York Rangers, but again, a guy who's in his, you know, mid twenties, who's, you know, six foot four, 230 pounds, he he'll get a shot somewhere else. If it's not with the New York Rangers, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, he didn't get as much playing time as he did last year. Again, it was just, I thought a, a bad position that he was in. And, and like you said, there's still a lot of things that he needs to work out. But um, again, but there's a guy like, would it kill the Rangers to throw him in the AHL? Like, can he like, let him play 40 games in a row, you know, Let's see what he has at the AHL or, or is he kind of beyond that? No, I mean, listen, I think, I don't think he's beyond it. I think, uh, I think the reality of their what Gallant has said is that they have the players that they have in mind pretty much locked in, and maybe the only spot that they said was up for grabs was that final um, spot on D uh, alongside Nemeth. So, but yeah, I mean, so again, I think as long as they understand that it's like not a permanent thing or it is what it is, there's like not space, but it's that you you can make it very easy for yourself and. And I, I would also say the Rangers are a pretty good organization when it comes to like if there's not a path for a guy or an opportunity, they're usually good about accommodating. Like, listen, we'll trade you somewhere where there's clearly you can step into the lineup at your skill level or what this or that. So, you know, I think, and yeah, so I, I think I would you or at least you would hope that there's transparency there for that they're communicating with their players, especially some of the problems they've had in the past with that, um, where it seems with players not knowing that they're being more transparent. They're like, look, this is how we see you. This is where we see you. This is what we think you, you need to work on. This is what we hope to see from you or what we need to see more from you or this and that. So, um, yeah, well, I, I got, think... I got, I got something to say about that. Yeah, sure. Now I know the incidents that you're talking about, right? There was Kravstov was part of it. And Lisa Anderson was a part of it. Um, I feel like there was a couple more players that, yeah, that kind of was in that mix. But maybe, that was a, maybe you could add Brendan Smith, Brendan but, Smith. for a diff, for a different reason, yeah, yeah, right. And I really do think though that was because there was a time going back just to last year, even that the New York Rangers lineup, we didn't know what we were, we didn't have an identity, we were still feeling things out. I mean, the guys that we were drafting in the first round were guys that we didn't know if they could make the team be impactful right away. And I just felt like a lot of it was because the New York Rangers, the management didn't know what they were. And now that we kind of have jury taking the reins and, and, you know, maybe calling the shots and being a little bit more open and, and, and having a dialogue with these players, maybe that changes things. But I really do feel like the Rangers during a rebuilding phase, it's really kind of hard to tell a player like, this is what we expect from you, but we also don't really know what we have in you and we're rebuilding. So we don't really know what direction we're going to go in. We could trade you at any moment, but we also might want to keep you. 
but we got to wait to see what you have. But we also need to wait to see what we have and all these other players. Like, there's just so many unknowns within the management decisions for the New York Rangers over the past, like, five seasons, it feels like, that, you know, it kind of left a lot of players in limbo. And, and I felt like because that's how we were managing this team. Like, how many times did we say the Rangers struggled to have an identity? And it's kind of tough to explain to these players that we don't even know what we are. So how can we expect you to play a certain way or be a certain type of player if we don't really know what we even want as a team right now? That's a really good point. And I mean, the other thing is that it seemed where in with during the rebuild, it, it was almost seen as or it seemed like they were selling the players and the fact that it's like we're open for business. Look at all these spots up for grabs. So everyone's like, oh, I should be able to make that. And if they feel they did everything in their power to make that. And then all of a sudden they're, they don't make the team or they're like, well, listen, we're going to we, we still think it's best for you to do this or that. They almost feel like they were sold a false bill of goods. You know what I mean? Right. Instead That's... of being like, if there's one thing, if you tell it intimate to them early, look, we know this. We see you on this team. Like eventually we know you're close. We know you're kicking at the door. We want to send you to the A, but only so you can refine and get better and get so many reps in that when you come up, it's for good and not, you know what I mean? That's totally different messaging. And it's a, a more of a positive than like saying like, ah, you, you just didn't make it. You know, <laughs> now it feels like after saying like, you can make this team, you know what I mean? Even if the back of their minds are just like, well, if he doesn't, if they don't look good, if they're ready, they're ready. If they don't look ready, then we'll just send them down. But in their heads, like I said, the players are almost, it's kind of a letdown if they thought they were that close to making the team, you know what I mean? And now it's like, Am I not high in their plans? Do they like this guy better than me? And it starts to kind of fuck with you. And obviously, um, yeah, obviously you, you need to be mentally resilient and strong and believe in yourself. But these are also kids, you know, <laughs> that this is happening to for the most part. So it's like, and a lot of especially if you're coming over, if you're coming over yeah. from from your home country or something, you know, where a lot of these kids are like overseas. You're like, I left this to, to, for my dream of the NHL, and now I'm in the AHL. And it's just like, oh, man, you know, whereas they told me I was coming over to, to, to make the big club, and I didn't, you know, so that can mess with you. So, yeah, a lot of it's about messaging. So, if anything, I think the fact that Glump being like, listen, there's like maybe one spot here, but that doesn't, it's not forever. It's just is what it is. Then it, it kind of puts the onus on the players, but out from the, the, the outset saying, we're not promising you anything, but you can force our hands if you want, you know which yeah. is at least better. You set their expectations. No one's going to be blindsided by anything. They're like, most likely they can contend with, well, I'm probably going to have to go to Hartford. And if I kill it there, then I will be in the mix or I will get a chance. But that's what you have to do as opposed to saying like, hey, you could make it and you don't make it. Now you're like, oh, I failed. And then right. that's the mentality you go into Hartford with. And, you know, it was so weird too, because do you remember when we drafted Leas and Kraftsoff and it just felt like every year the Rangers were moving kind of up in the draft and getting newer, shinier toys. And it's like, oh, we got Kako. And then the next year we're like, oh, we got Lafreniere. And it's just like, well, screw the, all the other guys. Like, you know, these are our guys now. And it's just yeah. like, you know, I felt like even for a player like Leah Sanderson, who maybe didn't have the best attitude uh, going into New York Rangers camp and and just being a, a rostered player and dealing with you know players like Howden who just because he did all the right things and probably didn't mouth off and didn't say anything at all I don't think I've seen him speak before so you know it, it's kind of it's got to be frustrating and you know I just think you know now that you know the Rangers went out and they got NHL established players and these kids can look in the locker room and be like okay well 
these are the guys that are going to be on a team. This is what I need to replicate. This is what I, this is the level I need to get to. I can do this. And I know it's tough when you get sent to the AHL. Well, I personally don't know because I've never even gotten to that level before. But I, I, I know it's got to be tough to be like, we want you to develop in the AHL because you, even though it's so close, it's still so far away. But I would hope that these players constantly have a dialogue with Drury and just people in with the big club just so they feel a part of the big picture here. Because I do think that there's a lot of paths for a guy like Schneider to be a big part of this team's future. And, you know, I don't want those players to get frustrated or feel like even though I'm dominating this, they're not calling me up. It's just like, relax. This might not even be the year. I know everyone's saying, you know, Reeves is saying Stanley Cup or bust, but let's be realistic here. We still need to figure out things. You know, we might still need to bring in another huge dynamic player to change this organization still. So although things are set in stone, I don't think they're as set in stone as maybe management believes or some people believe. So that, that's where I'm coming from. It's just like, you know, be patient. Like things are still up in the air. You don't even know what you have in, at a Zibanejad or Strom or, you know, with the talks of Eichel, you might end up being on Buffalo. It's just like, relax. Like your NHL, your NHL uh, time will come. Just be patient. Yeah. I mean, very well said. And again, I mean, there's so much to look forward to. I mean, you you kind of forget. Obviously, we've had, the Rangers have had a lot of their younger players graduate immediately, like you said, like uh, Kako and and Lafreniere and and Keandre Miller. But man, I mean, you want a winning program in your AHL, your farm system too. Look at, I mean, if you look at how successful Syracuse has been in the AHL, it, that it's no secret to why the Lightning are so good. And that when they lose players because of salary cap problems, they just bring up the next guy they draft in the second or third round and they become like a borderline superstar. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, so the fact that even you'll have, you can, especially if you can get a collection of these guys, it's one thing if you have one promising prospect with a bunch of never, never gonna's, you know, in the AHL, never going to make it, you know what I mean? Or, or 13th, you know, forward, extra forwards. And right. When our best player was Vinny Latiri. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, all of a sudden, if you surround these a bunch of guys who are pushing for the NHL, like eventually Robertson and Jones and Schneider, you know, and uh, eventually, you know, who knows if Carl Hendrickson will come over next and Brendan Othman next season, Will Cooley. And like, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, like you get a bunch of those guys. Uh, and yeah, now it's party time. You know what I mean? Now all of a sudden it's the the messaging is clear and it just pushes those guys down there and then just it'll just raise everyone's confidence rising tide raises all ships so uh yeah it's exciting the rangers have done a good job with their picks for the most part you know you have a reach or two here or there i still you know the leo sanderson situation is still kind of sad although i I still argue that if you flip the the heedel and the anderson picks you're not feeling as bad about it it just is what it is because i mean there's i mean outside of i think what suzuki and uh, i just did that maybe martin maybe martin not bad picks I, you can't. Oh, no, yeah. Pick. Outside of what? I'm trying to think who is that? Maybe Suzuki and, and Martin Nietzsche's for Carolina. Is there anyone else you really uh, are missing out? Blue, maybe Robert Thomas. Hit. Yeah, Robert know. Thomas. But like, is Robert Thomas better than Phil Heedle? I don't necessarily think so. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, at that point, you didn't know. Like, there wasn't like. Yeah. There's and, no way going into that draft that you But that's thought. the thing. It's, that it's like a guy like Eric Brandstrom, who, for, who's going to be with Ottawa now, he was drafted by Vegas, is like. 
he is looking knocking on the door now and he might be still become a very good NHLer but it took he's a defenseman so it took him a long time you know what i mean and hell like you know obviously the first five picks in those glass outside of Nolan Patrick uh or very good picks but they're like really the only people that have really there's some useful players in this draft obviously because it's like like you said Heedle and Pierre Oliver Joseph and uh I guess Robert Thomas and, you know, and hell, even guys like Velarde's might finally ha- come have his coming out party for the Kings. And, you know, but a bunch of these guys are just they're still kind of they're they're tweeners or they're they're in the NHL. They're just trying to f- get their feet wet and figure out how to how how to make it work. You know what I mean? So it's not not necessarily a bad pick, but it's just it just stuff like that is kind of sad. And if the Rangers could have recognized early that this guy is most likely uh you know, at, at best, a middle six center who can't carry play but can kill penalty will be able to be a good penalty killer and, you know, and just give you he's like a Derek Stepan light type player. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and again, I'm just happy the Rangers have organizational depth because it's good to have it's a good problem to have to be like. It's unfair that some of these guys won't make it, even though they could be. Because I mean, again, we, the last few seasons, our fourth lines have been so hodgepodge and extra spare party that it's like, you know. So now the fact that it's like, oh, Morgan Barron might not make it at first, you know, but he'll draw in eventually. And even uh, Justin Richards, who I thought wasn't didn't look all that bad, or 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 Dryden Hunt, who was actually very surprisingly impressive, you know. So they have guys to, and that's the th- you want competition for your fourth line because that. They're the tone. They're the tone setters, right? So, and you know, everyone doesn't shut up about how much they love the Islanders' fourth line. But we watched what uh, Clutterbuck and Sezikis did to the Rangers in that game. You know, just because they're, uh, yeah, they're just effective. Even, and I, I'll say this on record: Matt Martin sucks, but those two are good enough to make him effective. And they're the best fourth line in hockey, apparently. So, so I just we can kind of end end with this, Andy, to put it into perspective: that 2017 draft. If you did it just by NHL total points, you have Pedersen, Nico, uh, Heiskanen, Makar, Thomas, Suzuki, uh, Martinikas, and Filipito. And then you have Nolan, Nolan Patrick, Middlestat, and then it, it, it then it's just a mix of random players. Um, and then Leas Anderson is still 28th on that list. So he's still a, technically a first round draft pick if you just did it by total points since that yeah. that point. I mean, maybe I don't know really much of the guys behind him, like Michael Anderson. I don't know if those players are going to really leapfrog him in terms of uh, uh, NHL points. But even if one or two, he's still a top thirty player in that draft. And we got Filipito, who is eighth in the in in that draft in terms of points. So I don't know. And let's see, games played. Filipito is fifth or fourth in games played. So, you know, just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like the draft really wasn't that great. Yeah, there's some bigger names, but the Rangers really weren't in a position to grab, you know, a Cal McCarr. I mean, they weren't, they, they didn't draft that high. So it is what it is. And I don't, I don't think, you know, that was a failure by the, you know, Rangers scouting department. I just think, you know, it wasn't the greatest draft class and, we actually got Filipino out of it. So I, w- I would sign up for that today right now. If you know, Rangers were still drafting in that spot. So um, I got, I got nothing else, Andy. What, what do you, you got anything? Uh, maybe not so much as a question or, or something to talk about, but I just do want to 
continue to reiterate to Rangers fans that listen, it's just the preseason and don't just because you don't like a player's effort in the preseason or you think they're, they're dogging it. Like, don't worry. Like it's just you, if it happens a regular season, by all means get upset. But like, I think someone uh, posted like the last few Stanley cup winners, preseason records or performances. And I think uh, Tampa, the first year they won the cup, they didn't win a single. I think they, I don't think they won a single preseason game or they might've won one, but they got like blown out the rest of them. They clearly had bigger things on their mind. Cause that was, remember everyone at the beginning of the season was like, Oh, did losing to did losing to Columbus, like break Tampa. And then they just turned, flip the switch. And that's the other thing, or or the or like the year St. Louis won the cup, and they were the worst team in the league until like late November, and then they're like, all right, enough of this. Or or hell, the Flyers won that run where they went to the bar together, and they're like, what type of team? We? I think with a new coach and a n- new, albeit relatively simple system, I think it's going to take time for the players to kind of get used to doing something different. You know, other teams are trying to. Barry Trotz Islanders have the blueprint in place. So it's much easier to step in and say, do for the older guys say, do this. This is what we're doing. You're on board where the Rangers are kind of figuring out they're getting away from the Quinn stuff. And they're just saying, well, listen, you're just going to try to play a more proactive uh, brand of hockey where you're just having good habits and just pushing play like this. And that's it. You know, don't have to worry about weird like switches or, you know, switching to man on man or zone depending on situation you know, or, you know, uh, like half wing lock or any of that stuff. Don't worry about it. Like, this is what we're doing. It's pretty simple. But it, I think it's going to, I think the Ranger style might, I think uh, Galan is smart enough to know that when you have talent, you have to, you have to play a system that makes it easy for them, but also doesn't kind of neuter, cut their hands off a bit. Because again, I don't, I love, I, I love the Rangers. I don't think they're going to be as hard work as hard as some of the teams with less talent, like the Islanders or hell, even maybe New Jersey this season. You know what I mean? But if you do have enough of those good talents and then you do, you're in a position to then take over with the amount of just overwhelming skill you have at times, then I think they're going to have something. So uh, let's see as we're, we're coming into the final week of uh, the preseason and of training camp. And those last two games will be definitely be, be uh, very interesting because the lineups should look like what they want to have to start the regular season so we'll see and uh, as we record this it's potentially one of the craziest days in all of sports with uh what uh that uh wild card race for uh the mlb right so yeah uh, yeah crazy day great craziness all around but uh uh so yeah looking forward to trying to watch some baseball today and we'll see what we'll see what happens and uh i saw vitalik crafts up went to the room at the end of they kept him out the rest of the game. Hopefully he's okay. I think Gallant said nothing serious, just day to day. So, you know, hopefully he rests up and we can uh, see the full lineup for the remaining preseason games. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.